Hi, and welcome back to the Multifaceted Athlete with Coaching Lutz. I'm your host, Kelly Lutz. I am a USGA certified running and ultra running coach and certified strength and conditioning specialist. I am so excited to have you here today. We'll be talking all about running, aspects of running, strength training, and anything else that makes us humans who do sports. So let's dive right into this episode. I hope you love it. Hello, welcome back to another week of the Multifaceted Athlete Podcast. I am so excited for this week's episode because this is my first guest of 2023, and I just think this guest is so amazing and you're going to get so much out of this episode. So this week on the podcast, I am joined by Bertrand Newson, aka Coach B, as you'll hear him referred to throughout this episode. We met at Endeavor Run, where he is one of the coaches, and recently got to know each other better at the, la- the latest retreat in San Diego, which I went on last month in January. A little bit about Coach B, he is an RRCA certified running coach and founder of Too Legit Fitness, a Bay Area running club with over a thousand members. He is also the co-host of the Race Mob podcast and is on the board of directors for the 8020 Foundation. And the 8020 Foundation is responsible for the Coaches of Color initiative, which helps coaches of color with their endurance coaching careers, which is really awesome. Coach B when I last saw him in San Diego, shared with me that he had felt disconnected from running leading up to the retreat. And I thought that having him on the podcast to share his story with that experience would be super helpful for everyone listening because most of us go through running ruts. And even those of us who are coaches and are obsessed with running, this happens to us too. So it's very normal. So I wanted to have Coach be on to talk about his experience a little what it was like going into the rut, coming out of the rut, um, reigniting his love for running. And along with that, we just talked more about how he got into running, which was later in life, uh, getting into coaching, the importance of community, and the importance of his brother to his running. So this conversation was a really good one. It was really authentic and sometimes raw, and I think you're going to love it. I hope you love listening to this as much as I love chatting with Coach B. And without further ado, enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another week of the Multifaceted Athlete. This week, I have a lovely guest with me, and he's someone I met through Endeavor Run and most recently got to chat with him last month in San Diego. So Coach Fee, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Well, thank you very much. Uh, loved actually going back to Boulder when we first met. And then to have a double bonus by you coming back to Endeavor Run San Diego in January. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation for a while. So let's roll up the sleeves and talk about all things running and other. I know. We have so many things we want to talk about today. But let's start with a little bit about you for people who don't know you and your running journey and coaching journey because you're also a coach. And you came into running later in life in 2011, if I remember correctly. So tell me a little bit about what did you like doing before and then what shifted your focus to running and why running? Excellent question. Uh, let's see here. Yes, got into running a little bit later in life, but I'd always been pretty active. I think my first love from a sports standpoint was baseball. Played that through school. 
um, and spent time uh, in the gym from a, you know, just general condition, conditioning. I liked lifting weights, so to speak, and played a lot of recreational softball, non-competitive and competitive, some traveling softball teams, lots of time that spent with my um, brother Bernardo and other good friends. And um, running prior to getting into running just seemed like something that was necessary to do as part of playing baseball or softball or basketball, other sports um, from a conditioning standpoint. It was nothing that I really gravitated to. That all changed like 2010, early 2011, as I was involved with somebody who was an avid runner. And I went to watch her finish uh, a half marathon. I was there with my daughter, her daughter, and seeing the diversity of the running community, seeing the age range of athletes finishing the, the crossing the, the finish line, and just seeing the level of enthusiasm and people that were older than me at the time that were in, in great shape and seemed like they were having a lot of fun. So that's where it kind of piqued my curiosity. And shortly thereafter, Kelly, I tried, keyword tried, to run one mile mm -hmm. nonstop. And for someone who's pretty competitive, I was humbled because it sucked ass. I mean, um, <laughs> I don't know exactly what the, the pace was, but I knew that it was, I was laboring just to complete one mile. So I was fascinated that, wow, these people who I just saw running 13.1 miles, laughing, yeah, some tired, some spent, but they covered that distance. And me, I can't, someone who thinks he's in decent shape, gym shape is much different than cardio fitness. So I learned that quickly. Another thing that I learned is that you get out of running what you put into it. And if you're consistent, you can see times improve, cardio endurance improve. And that really appealed to me. Really what was the um, what really looped me in was the friendliness of the running community. Um, I'm a retired hotel executive. I managed hotels for 30 years. So I've always loved people. I've always loved putting groups together and managing teams and all that stuff spoke to me. So once I caught the running bug, my very first running event was in the city of Oakland. And I had signed up a team of four individuals and we split up a marathon. I was the rookie in the event. I had never run in a timed event. I had never had a bib on my chest. Um, I was intimidated by the race itself. And then my other three teammates who had all run before, including my partner at the time who had um, ran that half marathon that I referred to. Mm -hmm. So for me, since I was the organizer, I took the shortest leg. I took the shortest distance thinking, okay, you guys run the longer legs. What I didn't know in a complete rookie move, it had the most elevation gain. Mm -hmm. So this is the deal. Let me kind of paint the picture for our audience here, Kelly. Um, it was, uh, I was running the second leg in Oakland, California. That city is beautiful, but it has hills. Mm -hmm. So as I'm running up the hills, again, um, being a newbie, hoodie, long sleeve shirt, uh, running tights, sweatpants, gloves, uh, neck scarf, beanie, earmuffs. I was hot as you know what running up the hill. 
and I was huffing and puffing. And the cool thing is other participants, they kind of read me out and said like, okay, this dude must be a rookie, but they made me feel comfortable in the sense of, Hey, you got this, take a deep breath, stop at the aid station. They were giving me pointers, fist pumps, high fives. And I thought, Oh, that's, this is, this is pretty cool. Eventually I made it to the transition point and gave the time and chip to leg number three. I was fortunate enough to make my way to the finishing line area and watched our fourth runner cross the finish line. And Kelly, it felt like the Olympics. Why? Because the finishing shoot, it seemed like there were 15 people deep for a hundred yards. So the crowd was going crazy and to be a part of a team event because we're doing the relay, it just really spoke to me. So I caught the bug from there. And I think I ran 25 events that year. Um, oh. Eight months after that day, I ran my very first marathon in San Francisco. And really the rest is history. I've fallen in love uh, with running and it's been the gift that keeps on giving. So that's kind of my origin story on, on getting into running. And, and from a coaching standpoint, probably three, four years into um, creating a, being part of, a, uh, being a founding member of a two legit fitness, a barrier running crew that now is about a thousand team members, uh, give or take, uh, people referred to me as coach B. And at that time I didn't, I wasn't credentialed, but I knew that as people sought advice, um, look for some motivation, um, leading group runs that there was a part of me that thought, well, okay, I want to be able to kind of master the, is or be a student of running. So let me go ahead and, and spend some time and resources to get some certification. So that's what I did. I think as early as 2017, 2018 and all things running related made me much happier than all things managing hotels. You know, money was great again, you know, 25, 30 years in the business. It helped shape me as a professional. Anything, Kelly, that had to do with social fitness lit me up like no other. So I couldn't ignore that voice saying, man, you look forward to running before work, running after work, weekend group meetups, leading track workouts. Um, and then I was also at the time living in San Jose and commuting to San Francisco every day. So I was, uh, I think, driving 100 and, 120 miles a day in some cases in traffic four to five hours a day. And at some point after a decade of doing that, I'm like, ah, I, I think I'm going to make a change. And I informed my employer at the time, and this is right before the pandemic hit. This is like November of 2019. I gave my notice three months notice. I trained my replacement and in February. I said, adios, all good. And then the world changed. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember, my last day on the job, a few days later, I was flying to Atlanta to watch the Olympic marathon uh, trials. I was there with coach Matt Fitzgerald. Um, we met there together, actually able to watch the trials side by side, which was super cool for me of being a, a running geek. And uh, Matt and I, the following day, both ran the Atlanta marathon. Matt crushed it. I survived. And when we both got back to our respective homes in California, the world had changed as we knew it. Um, and we can kind of take the conversation from there. So 
Yeah, that is a great backstory. I have so many questions. So first, going back to your first run outside of sports, what in you made you want to keep going? Because a lot of people would do that first mile and be very discouraged that it felt so hard. But for you, it seems like that it, the fact that it was so hard made you more curious than discouraged. So is that just kind of like your personality, how you've always been? Or do you think it was running specific? I think I've always been scrappy and uh, overachiever. Um, professionally and athletically. Uh, I think there were people that were quicker than me, people that were stronger than me, but, you know, in many cases, I felt I would just outwork people um, from, a, from an athletic standpoint. And professionally, I felt I would just outwork people as well. And I realized that I would need to invest more time in running in order to be a better runner. It was pretty simple in principle. Um, and set ego aside because you can be humbled, especially if you're comparing yourself early in your running career to others. There are going to be people that are going to be able to kick your ass. So don't look at it as competition. Just look at it as how can I form a routine with some, again, when you're starting out your running career, you don't really understand the importance of rest and recovery. When you get the bug, you want to go and go and go. So there's some lessons that we all learn throughout our running journey. But what I did know uh, that I would, would be able to extend my stamina, run further, hold on to pace a little bit longer. And I like the ability to kind of validate that, hey, something is working here because, you know, I, I was getting into my running boom in my early 40s, 40, 41. And I thought, wow, I'm, I'm actually kind of fighting off father time here. I'm getting, I'm getting fitter. Um, clothes are fitting a little different. You know, the scales was looking a little different. So there are all these, the positives that were happening. And plus my circle of, of friends who happened to like running or indirectly by my involvement, they may have gotten involved as we were, you know, scouting out five K's and 10 K's and trail runs and group runs and track workouts and not just always being a participant, but also being able to help foster some of those events, it just began to kind of um, uh, just grow organically. Yeah, that's awesome. I um, this whole time you've been talking about what, like, how you love creating community, and it's just meeting you at a demo run. It makes so much sense to me because you can just tell that you love being there and you love the Endeavor Run environment and bringing us all together. So you're just like connecting a lot of dots for me here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, let's see, where should we go now? So I guess let's pick up where you left off in your story when the pandemic began. Um, can you tell me, how was that for you? Obviously, November 2019, planning to quit your job and go into coaching and then having a pandemic happen is kind of terrifying. In a way, yeah, looking at it in <laughs> retrospect, heck yeah, you know, um, but there's a point, Kelly, and I'm sure some of our, our listeners can identify. You just know, you just know what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. There's a quiet confidence. Um, and for me, I was very fortunate to have some very good mentors. Um, Coach Matt Fitzgerald being one of them. 
Coach Jay Ridgeway, a good friend and business partner, um, Kevin Chang, who's my uh, other half of uh, Race Mob, uh, Jim Cordoba, um, who's instrumental in uh, kind of behind the scenes work with Two Legit Fitness, been there since its inception. Um, Rebecca Hernandez, who's now my partner, um, assistant captain of the running club. So uh, I've had some very good people that have always been candid and direct, and I've always worked to be transparent. And they just saw the passion. They 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 knew how much I lit up. And yeah, it was not the best time in retrospect to go all in as an endurance coach um, to to not do it as a hobby or just paying it forward and giving out free advice, but to look to monetize and develop a business plan um, to get recognition and relevancy outside of my circle of influence in the Bay Area. How are people who never ever heard of Coach B or Too Legit Fitness or Race Mob, why would they want to go for some dude who just quit his hotel job and now says he's a coach? Even though he's been called Coach B for years, how do you make that leap? How do you get people to trust you? Um, how can you get some uh, traction with people? Um, and I felt I was a, a very good student that I asked good questions to my mentors. What worked for them? I wanted their unfiltered opinion um, on what they felt my strengths were, weaknesses. And then what was the best way for me to invest time to get the best return um, and helping potential athletes say, you know what? I think I may want to coach or let's just have a consultation or not always looking to engage athletes and say, well, if you want to talk to me, you got to pay me the, the ability to just make yourself available. Um, and you can build a sense of who you are just by opening up forums, either in zoom formats, virtual formats, podcast, um, to build some credibility. And as you have some people that believe in your methodology and you don't come off as a know-it-all and you're learning together with the athlete and the athletes start to realize some success, they build self-confidence. And then the best means of, of referrals is through people that you've worked with or people that know you. So in a relatively short amount of time, um, with the pandemic backdrop, when people were encouraged not to get together in groups, um, I've managed to be successful in that space and not lose sight of what makes me happy that I wasn't driven from a monetary standpoint, like, okay, I need to replace that six figure income that I walked away from in the hospitality business. I need to immediately flip it and convert that into number of athletes. I felt that if I was happy in being able to connect with individuals, athletes that the, my success will kind of take care of itself and helping people along their health and wellness journey, being a good listener, helping people articulate their goals, being realistic and um, just that it's not the athlete's journey or coach's plan, that it's our journey together has proven successful. And I'm still learning, you know, I, I don't have all the answers, but I do love collaborating um, and helping connect people so they can get to that next level that is not always defined by a PR or how many races they did or how long they've run um, or how many medals they have. How can you help people be happier and healthier versions of themselves overall 
think that's the key to genuine success in my own personal experience and helping people along through that kind of a life journey with the backdrop of, oh, from a fitness standpoint, we can have fun as we're doing a 50K. We can have fun as we're doing a one-mile time trial. Um, and as, you know, I work with a lot of adults who are, you know, been around the block a time or two, you know, that are rediscovering their inner athlete. And I can relate to those individuals. Also, I'm not too far removed in, you know, in working with youth. Some of my um, the time that really speaks to me as a coach is being on site at a track um, with the youth athlete um, or leading a group of 15, 20 individuals at 5, 530 in the morning, um, realizing that they are coming out not just to run, but they believe in the coach's vision, the coach's energy um, to help them in some way um, get a little bit faster, stronger, run a little bit more efficiently, but it's the connection, um, the sense of um, being open and uh, making people feel welcomed and having some sense of fellowship and fun in the process, again, has proven to be a, a pretty good recipe. Yeah, and I can imagine that looking back now on the pandemic that your philosophy around running and coaching was a really good thing because at the time, obviously, a lot of races were canceled and a lot of runners were questioning, like, why do I actually run? So your philosophy around finding the joy just within running outside of PRs and medals, I think probably, obviously, I didn't know you at the time, <laughs> probably helped so. a lot there because people yes, were looking so. for that. Yeah, Agreed. and just the connection. Obviously, we were all forced to Zoom at the time and isolated ourselves. So, I mean, I think you would have been successful regardless, but the pandemic sucked. But I think you had some special ingredients that made your coaching really what people needed at that time. Yeah, the, the pandemic, it did suck. Um, <laughs> but I believe in situations like that, Kelly. Uh, and again, I believe our audience... Um, uh, members listening can identify, you can always extract silver linings from situations that are tough through adversity. Um, I believe in many cases it can um, force us to look at things differently. I believe mindset and perspective is huge. I've always, I think that's been one of my strengths. And I had to lean on that recently um, in, in mindset and perspective in regards to my own running journey and how much that I was engaged in it for myself versus everyone else's journey from a coach athlete perspective. Um, but yeah, um, adversity brings opportunity. It can break some people. Mm -hmm. Um, but much like a race, when you, you get to that starting line, the goal is to keep pushing and putting one foot in front of the other. And I love that about running because the parallels like we have in life that, you know, when things don't always go our way, we can't just stop and check out. Mm -hmm. We still have to take a deep breath and realize, okay, I, I, I got to keep going. And eventually that sun's still going to rise and shine again. The sun's going to kiss your face, that you're going to get a second wind. And that if we can weather the storm and, and in many cases, the best medicine for adversity is time and mindset. So if we can change our mindset um, and sometimes just accept some things and know that the sun's still going to rise, 
we can typically emerge on the other side with a bit more confidence, a bit wiser, and a bit more resilient um, and gets us one, one step closer to the, um, the finish line or new starting point. Yeah, I think the mindset piece is a huge part of running that is personally, I find like one of the harder things with coaching because, um, you know, as an athlete, it's a hard thing to change. So helping someone else work through that is challenging. Um, so I guess this speaking of mindset is a good time to go into your recent disconnect from running. Because um, last time we talked at Endeavor Run in January, we were talking about how you weren't super psyched on running at the time. And that is what sparked our conversation to come on this podcast because I've been through it too. I know a lot of our listeners have and it's super relatable, um, but it's not always talked about a lot. Uh, so can you walk us through what happened right before you realized, I'm not really into running right now, and then how you felt about that? Excellent question. I, I knew this was going to be a focus point on our chat today. So, and I've given this some thought and as much as I made that revelation during a running camp, which I'm one of the instructors and we're, you know, in that group round table and comes to coach being like, Hey, everybody. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, I'm, I'm really, my running, I'm not really into running as much for myself personally. Um, people didn't expect that level of rawness coming from me. And it had probably been brewing, you know, maybe the second half of, of last year, certainly through the third quarter. Um, I think I ran six plus marathons last year. Um, and I don't think it was a matter of feeling tired physically. I, and in the fourth quarter, historically, I will typically pull back on volume. I will usually do the California International Marathon, otherwise known as CIM, happens the first uh, weekend in December. And then I'll go into a bit of an off-season pullback on volume. But I had very little interest after CIM 2022 for the majority of that month to do any running. Um, and that was not like me. Um, and I couldn't just put it off to that time frame. I had to step back and think, well, when did I start to just kind of go through the motions and be less engaged in my own running or health and wellness journey? Granted, still being active, you know, 25, 35, 40 miles a week, you know, still racing, but not working on a training plan specifically geared to any goals and objectives for myself personally. Um, looking to complete races versus compete. Um, and really, again, just kind of going through the motions, uh, kind of saying, I'll just go ahead and, and pace this race or run with somebody else versus challenging myself. And I found myself in parts of October, November, and December, like, mm, let's, this is about this person's journey and that person's journey and far less about my journey. And when I kind of admitted to myself that, you know, uh, I am admittedly disengaged from running, um, but I was not disengaged from being a active participant in my athletes or running clubs, 
goals from a running standpoint. So I was able to live vicariously and still get my highs and endorphins as people were chasing BQs and personal best and, and distance milestones and communicating with athletes, you know, week up to race day, morning of race day, tracking them, race results, post-race recaps, all that stuff. I'm lit up for everybody else. But for myself, like, oh, yeah, I'm just kind of going through the motions. And I finished 2022 with a race. I started 2023 with the race. So I raced on the 31st. I raced on the first. And then the first five weekends of this year, I, I raced every weekend. Um, I ran a marathon earlier this month. So I... And I wasn't doing it because I was trying to rekindle. I was doing it because I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed running. I enjoyed, you know, navigating through fatigue, um, navigating through strategy, um, fine tuning nutrition and hydration on the fly, making it less about, okay, I'm going to try and PR here. And how can I be relevant and present through each one of these races, how can I leverage my experience as a running coach and give some advice and motivate other people in the midst of the race? So I was able to do all of that. And when you're out and about in a community where you've run for several years, people know you. So it was nice to hear, hey, Coach B, hey, Coach B, hey, Coach B. Um, and that part of the fellowship and connection just reawakened my running DNA. And it's like falling in love all over again. You know, if you've been dating someone for a while and you mm -hmm. kind of take them for granted or feel that you're being taken for granted, <laughs> sometimes situations happen where you step back and you're like, man, this person's pretty cool or this is pretty fun. Mm -hmm. And I've lost that part of it. I had lost that part of it as it relates to me and to see that, that, uh, love, and um, the, the courting of, of running, the nuances of running, the beauty of running, um, how it brings people together, um, where it's not about political affiliations, the ability to speak to somebody and connect with somebody when you're running at their side, when someone will just open up where they may not have otherwise um, to help people who are newer to running or who've been doing it for a long time, but also just being able to enjoy those f easy five K's in the neighborhood or getting lost on a trail or making a decision with 15 minutes to go before a race starts and say, you know what? I'm going to run a marathon today. Um, and just make the best of it. I I'm loving everything about it. And I'm looking where I'm at right now. Everybody, I am in Flagstaff, Arizona as we speak. I'm looking out to snow-capped mountains. Um, my good friend, Coach Matt Fitzgerald's uh, home or residence that's being turned into a, a dream camp where people can travel to Flagstaff, stay for a week or two, two months, three months at high elevation, disconnect from the everyday make it all things health and wellness. Um, I'm in the midst of a sabbatical, something I've done for, this is year number three. In February, I will typically get away from the Bay Area and get to a point where I can have 
uh, a location that's remote where I can listen to my own thoughts, where I can do some journaling, I can do some reading and look at things from a personal and professional perspective and strategy and reassessing and getting plugged back into my everyday, which I'll be back home in a couple of days, but I'm loving everything about Flagstaff and being able, I would encourage everyone listening and yourself, Kelly, to, and it doesn't mean you have to hop on a plane and, and travel to a remote destination, but it does require you to be able to step back and to assess and ask yourself, how happy am I? Um, am I making the impact or am I just a impact or am I just coasting? Can I be a happier version of myself? Can I be a happier and healthier version of myself? Because if I am, that's impacting everybody else I come in contact with. If I'm just coasting, especially as you get to be a little bit older like me, um, we can't take our health and wellness for granted. We can't take um, race performances for granted. And as you're older, this is a conversation that Matt and I were having recently. We just find ourselves saying my sincere condolences all too often that people around us in our circle of friends and extended friends are dealing with health and wellness issues all the time. So in many cases, our best medicine to help us stay healthy is by staying active. There's no secret pill or magic formula. It's just getting out and about with whatever you like to do. Um, and it doesn't always have to be running, mm -hmm. but in many cases it does require you to get up and out and do something. So making a choice um, and investing in yourself. So if you, we want more time on this earth, we want to be happier as we're here. We got to make the time. We have to maybe sacrifice sleeping in, you know, all the time. Um, and waiting for the right time to go for a walk, the right time to go for a run or to hop on an exercise bike or get on a trainer or to start that diet or to drink more water um, or to smoke less cigarettes. It's not always going to be um, the most appropriate time. We have to make a decision and it's just a, just a little bit higher level of accountability. So when you're able to step away in the form of your own self-imposed sabbatical for a day or two or three, um, writing things down helps hold us accountable a little bit more, especially when those words are staring you in the face. And when you write down and incorporate it onto your personal schedule with a date on it in the future for personal accountability, maybe you share it with a loved one, a partner, maybe you share it in your social media sphere um, for a greater level of accountability. Um, and I really do believe that we are in control of our happiness. And I just, I made the decision closing out last year and going into 2023 is that, yeah, coach B is I'm here and I'm, I'm in control of my happiness. Um, and I, I'm not going to settle. I am not going to coast and I'm going to live, um, because I see all too often where people, um, aren't able to live the way they want to, you know? So I know that's a long, a long rant. Um, and my apologies for soaking up so much oxygen, but I, you know, I can speak about that all day long. I feel like I'm in a Ted talk right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk more about your sabbatical, but first I have a question going back to 
when you became disconnected with running, but then you still found a lot of joy within running because you are coaching you to work with those who are chasing running goals. Um, what advice do you have for the athlete who running is like their participation in running is their only piece of running, if that makes sense. Um, whereas like, you know, they're not a running coach or they're not leading a community. What advice would you have for them to stay connected with running without being able to do or like not being interested in the running piece? Mm. Excellent question. Coach Kelly, let me see how I can tackle that without overthinking it. I believe just finding time to quiet the life noise that is happening for all of us. Got to pay the bills, got to go to work, you know, got to, you know, relationships that are going great, relationships that are sometimes a little bit of work, kids, this and that, so much the political stuff. You turn on the TV, it's so much, all oh, that life noise. How can we quiet things down a bit so we can get some clarity and ask ourselves a couple of questions? What is it that got me into running or exercise? What does staying active do? Does it hurt more than help? Does getting outdoors or getting on a exercise bike or going to the gym, going for a swim, going for a hike, does it make us feel worse? Or does it make us feel better? In many cases, it makes us feel a little bit better. That's a good thing. Um, and that we have to, if we want to feel better, um, we have, it doesn't just happen. We have to give a little bit up. We, in some cases, get a little, little, little sweaty. You know, the muscles going to be a little sore. But once you, especially if you're working out in the morning before we start our day, because what coaches can't do, Coach B or Coach Kelly, we can't do this for you, team. Mm -hmm. We can't give make the the clock go from 24 hours in a day to 25 hours in a day or 26 hours in a day. We can't give you more time. We can give you direction. We can give you advice. We can help you travel a path that will make your journey a little bit more efficient and realize results a little bit quicker. We can't do the work for you. I can't lift the weights for you. I can get to the gym with you. I can't run those miles for you, but I can run at your side. Ultimately, working out earlier in the day, um, when we're done with that workout, there's generally like a rebound of energy. Like, oh, I feel like I'm kind of ahead of the game here. Um, so that would be a, a, a one piece of advice. If, for anyone, integrate your, your wellness activity onto your personal calendar because it's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. If you say you're going to work out tomorrow, what time tomorrow, put it on your personal calendar. Don't have a separate you know, post-it note and then you have your Google calendar or Apple calendar, Outlook calendar. Integrate. Because if it's important to you, it, it's going to be in your calendar. Picking up the kids is going to be on your calendar. Going to work is going to be on your calendar. Going to the doctor is going to be on your calendar. Why isn't your workout going to be on your calendar? And if you can get it done early in the morning, um, good things are, are going to happen. And back to your original question, you know, what is your why? We've all heard that 
term, kind of that phrase, but really asking yourself, what is the motivation? And if it's not the reflection you see in the mirror in yourself, maybe it's for a loved one who's no longer with us. Maybe for someone who's navigating chronic illness. Maybe it's just you being a role model directly or indirectly by people who see that, wow, Coach Kelly is, she's cycling again today? Or she's at the gym? As busy as she is, where does she find the time? Man, if Coach Kelly can, maybe I can do a little bit of something. Maybe I can get out and walk the dog. Maybe I can get out and go for a hike. Maybe... I can ask coach Kelly if I can go and, and walk or hike or cycle with her. So just by us making that decision to do something, other people are watching. They may always not always be vocal, but they are watching and you can influence other people's um, behavior indirectly and directly. Um, and sometimes the, accolades aren't always going to be in when you post on social media and 500 people like your post. Sometimes that's not going to happen. You can't do it for that. You can't do it for the, look what I did. Um, you just have to be satisfied that you're doing it for you. And that mm -hmm. if you're happier and healthier, that other people who see you are going to be influenced. And that's a good thing. And again, you don't have to be a coach who has a community and your leading group runs and you know you the individual runner who may live in remote areas or who may be a bit of an introvert who likes to run by themselves and when you have put your workout on the calendar and the alarm goes off at 4:45 in the morning you have a choice to make are you or aren't you are you going to get up are you going to get out or are you going to blow it off and we can find a thousand and one reasons and excuses. Um, but ultimately, if you do get out and out and do a little bit of something, you will feel much better than if you blew it off because that guilt can be cumulative and you start brushing off other things and that can kind of snowball. But if you just find your day one and it may be for some people, they're finding their day one a couple times within a month or in a week. Mm -hmm. OK, I'm going to start today. But getting out for 15 minutes versus zero minutes is a win. Working out twice a week versus not at all is a win. Um, so understanding your why, writing things down, incorporating on your calendar, and not always seeking validation from others, like look what I am doing. Do it for self, because if you're feeling better, that's good momentum and other people are paying attention. And again, you're, you're helping people um, when you don't even know it. Yeah, that really makes me think of social media right now. I see a lot of on TikTok, um, a lot of the runners I follow are like, you know, like your average runner. Um, and I see a lot of them engaging with each other. Like, oh my God, thank you for sharing this. I never knew other people ran at this pace. Or like, I never knew this was okay to do. Um, so it just goes back to what you're saying, like people are watching and even if you don't think you're influencing anyone, you probably are. And wherever you are in your journey, it's great to share with everyone else. Yeah. Like you coach Keller, we're thanking you. We're thanking yeah. you for having this form. We're thanking you for keeping us company 
on our long runs or our short runs. We thank you for educating us and, and sharing your own unique perspective and having guests on and th them sharing their perspective. You could, because this is work. It's not easy. You know, you, you know, full-time gig and then producing a podcast and, you know, uh, topics of conversation. Um, you're making a difference. So we appreciate that. So don't stop, you know, <laughs> don't stop. I Even will. when you feel like, oh, it's a Friday, you know, I got to contact this coach and I know he's going to talk about, it's going to be an hour or longer, you know, I can be doing so many other things. We don't know how many people this conversation is going to touch, influence, get them out and about. Why? Because you are, you are paying it forward to the health and wellness community and sharing meaningful conversations in some cases, your own perspective, your own stories, and giving people like myself the opportunity to share, hey, when it's going good, everyone wants to talk then. I PR'd. Mm -hmm. I'm in the best shape ever. This is my body fat percentage. Look at this metal. But what about when someone has struggled, when it's mm -hmm. been hard, you know, when some people are dealing with depression, when they feel just being able to wake up and get outside and go for a 15-minute walk is a big thing for them. And we understand that. So, um, again, thank you for having a platform to allow people to connect and to understand that they're not alone. And if they're looking for some advice, motivation, inspiration, you know, some cases, accountability, um, we're here to help, um, as, as coaches as well. Yeah. It's literally our job and we love it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's, 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 it is, you're right. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't feel like I work, you know, I, I, know. I love what I do so much. I feel guilty sometimes when like, Oh man, is, is this supposed to be this fun? It is. That's when, you know, you found the sweet spot, you know, people can find the runners high when it feels mm -hmm. effortless. Um, that's what coaching for me is doing because I love speaking to people as you can, the audience probably says, well, this dude never shuts up. Is this the, you know, is this uh, uh coach Kelly's show or is this, you know, what is, what is coach B doing? I would love to interview Kelly, by the way, everybody. Okay. So we'll, she'll have me back or I'll have her on my podcast. We want, I want to flip the script. So, oh, um, today's about you. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, let's see. Let's go back to your sabbatical real quick. And then let's talk about your younger brother, because I know we wanted to chat about him. Um, did you just start your sabbaticals when you started coaching or did you do it when you were working in the hospitality industry as well? Excellent question. Again, um, I think consciously, since I've been coaching, you know, I have, I have direct control over my schedule. You know, mm -hmm. I, I love the fluidity of that. I love the sense of independence. Um, I can travel now. I mean, I'm in Arizona right now. I was in Spokane, Washington. Uh, last week I'll be in Nevada. Next week, um, Nashville, Chicago on the horizon. All health and wellness related for the most part. Um, but to answer your question, my sabbatical started really since I've been a running coach. I've had professional, um, you know, retreats but I wouldn't call them sabbaticals or more like work focused and teamwork driven. But when you're li really looking at self, mm 
and purpose and impact. I feel taking a couple of steps back, getting out to a, 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 a quiet space and doing some busy work in the sense of reading and journaling and writing out your thoughts and coming back with a different perspective, being able to circle back to moments where you're, you were, you've had clear thoughts with good intentions. And then you realize, wow, how, how, where did that great thought kind of get watered down? Where did I lose the momentum? How can I sustain the, the gr personal growth that doesn't just impact myself, it impacts others as well. Um, but sometimes life gets so busy and that noise gets so loud that it can be tough to connect those pivotal moments, those pivotal changes. So taking periodic, you know, uh, we can call them sabbaticals um, or like a life aid station, taking a break, reassessing, emotionally refueling and getting back out there, I think is, is I know it is a, it's a good thing. How long do you think a sabbatical should be? Because like in theory, a lot of us, you know, we have week, most of us have weekends off. Um, but that, I feel like from my personal experience with weekends, that's never like long enough for the type of thing you're just talking about, you know? Or maybe it's just not, I haven't been intentional about it. So curious your thoughts. I think you can have a, a moments of clarity and purpose and planning. It can be a weekend. Um, and it can be a week, it can be two weeks. It, it's a matter of how well we can quiet the noise and put thoughts on paper and commit. There's some level of personal accountability. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some level of, um, good habits that are sustainable and how much conviction do we have, you know, and just being honest with yourself. And, you know, we all, you know, in some cases have some areas that we are in denial about that. If we can just come to terms with some of that and realize, Hey, none, none of us, none of us are perfect. Um, mm -hmm. but if we can not commit to too many things, sometimes saying no or not right now, because a lot of us have very giving hearts and we find ourselves trying to please everybody. You can't please everybody, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so find a space where you feel comfortable and could it be a day, a weekend, a week to check in with self and to commit? Um, yeah, but I can, you know, I can have a semi sabbatical over a weekend where I don't have to hop on a plane or drive hours away. Um, and I think sabbaticals look different, um, based on the individual and it, they don't have to be expensive. Um, you don't have to, you know, they're not cost prohibitive. Um, you can make the time, but that's the key. You, you have to make the time mm -hmm. and realize that the further we kick the can down the road and put it off. Um, we're doing ourselves a disservice, you know, so I highly encourage all of our listeners to find the time for yourself to check in and, uh, have some self accountability 
and, you know, ask how good are our habits and what am I really, am I, am I the happiest version of myself and, and am I the fittest version of myself and happiness and fitness are not tied to time and distance. They're not all sports related. I'm looking at like life, bigger mm -hmm. picture. It's kind of all interconnected and I want to get all like, you know, super spiritual and like rainbows and unicorns floating around, but taking time for yourself is important. I agree. If someone does this, and this might be out of your scope, but I'm curious of your opinion. If someone does this and they're like, okay, I have found mm, three areas of my life that I'm not happy with. Um, we hear a lot that, you know, making a lot of changes at once reduces the chance that they'll all stick. Um, what would you say to someone who's like, I'm unhappy in these three areas. What should I do moving forward? Like, how should I tackle that? Oh, boy, you are full of thought provoking questions. Um, and I thank you for that spot. <laughs> I thank you for that. This is good. Um, quality over quantity and the ability to prioritize and you will know as an individual what are the most important things if you start or if you're start a, a list and you're writing down just this litmus okay man 15 16 17 18 25 30 then take a step back and look at that list again and then start some of those things kind of you can put them in in groups and subcategories and if you are kind of forcing yourself to see trends, you could pick three things or three areas. Um, I, and you can keep it to, you know, five or less, um, and put some, some follow-up timeframes to kind of assess that in itself is going to increase the likelihood and success rate of some of those things going from ideas and thoughts and wants to changes and realizing um, different outcomes versus what, what are happening to us or those around us. Um, and sometimes we can be a little too ambitious and take on too much. So you have to be selective. You have to be realistic with yourself. Again, mm -hmm. I can't give you more hours in a day. What can suggest how you make the best use of your time and how conscious you are of things that really can make a difference. And there's some things that um, we can't control and we just have to accept when we feel we have some momentum and then we get knocked down a bit. We don't just immediately give up. We still mm -hmm. gotta, you know, keep, keep pressing forward. Um, and it's the sustainable habits that are gonna be the best tools for success. Such good advice. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So in our last few minutes, tell me a little bit about your younger brother, because I know he is a key in your wellness motivation. I um, apologize for that extended pause there. And you may be able to edit some of that out, Kelly. Um, this is a, um, my brother, uh, three years, my junior Bernardo, wonderful human being, 
uh, rock of our family, um, people who know me and my family well know that he has been battling kidney disease for the last 15 plus years, had a transplant by way of our sister, um, someone who's lived a very healthy life otherwise, never smoked, never drank, um, just um, by genetics that, um, you know, he had uh, kidney, kidney disease, um, always very active. We played sports growing up. Um, since he had his first transplant, we managed to run a marathon together in 2018, the LA Marathon, one of the uh, most um, emotional days for me, period, and watching that dude cross the finish line and being able to share that journey with him. Um, he's at the stage now where he's likely going to need another transplant. And we've known that. Um, and for me, I've always had a deep rooted sense of, I want to be as healthy as possible as I mature in age. Um, because ultimately I want to be a viable option for my brother, uh, in the event that he needs another organ transplant. Um, so that is, that is with me every day. Um, I, I ran a marathon on the fourth of this month and it's the one where I decided 15 minutes before start time that I was going to do it. And at no point Kelly, that I, that I feel like, Oh shit. Um, what did I get myself into at some point? This is going to suck because he can't run right now. Um, and he would do anything to be able to. So knowing that a part of him was with me every single step, um, that I had purpose, that I knew the metal was going to him. Um, I never, I never labored. I'm a little tired, but I never felt like, Oh, what did I get myself into? Because I was very present and it made me, it, it, it made me, I got a little upset at myself for taking running for granted. Um, so I needed that experience to realign, um, my inner presence with the love of just being able to get out and not assume that we're taking a deep breath because some people are struggling with their own health and wellness every single day. And it's very close to home for me. It's very, very personal. So I was pissed at myself that I had gotten that disconnected for a bit. And it has awakened um, my love of running and love of staying active every single day as best as possible and never taking any day for granted. So um, thank you for allowing me to expand on that. Um, it is a sensitive subject. It's one that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, so thank you. Thank you for sharing. I, I personally don't have anything like that in my life, thankfully, but I'm sure at least one listener out there can relate to you and appreciate you sharing that. And I can't imagine how hard it's been. Um, but I am glad that you two were able to share running when it was possible. And yeah. And I believe that we will run again. I'll be yeah. in Los. My brother is relocated from California to Las Vegas about a year now. 
Um, Ronnie's been very good to our fam our family. It has allowed um, myself and my siblings to to be closer. I mean, my 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 siblings run. I won't say because of me. I think initially when I got the running bug, um, like people didn't understand it. And I didn't try to force on anybody when they were ready to, or anyone else in my family or friend circle wanted to, I was always going to be there. And, uh, I think they saw how happy I was. They saw that I was kind of staying ahead of father time for an old dude. Um, and that eventually they, you know, kind of tipped their, put their toe in the water and felt that, okay, this is, this is not bad. And to have nieces, um, that are you now running cross country and, track and field um both my sisters that are twins you know running 10ks together traveling to meet up in different states and participating in events together last year at rock and roll las vegas um, ran with my sisters in a half uh, half marathon two years prior in atlanta um all the siblings went out there and and ran in the half marathon um to see our parents come together that have been divorced for many, many years, but for them to come together into town with the backdrop of their kids and grandkids running priceless. And there's a part of me, again, I just got pissed at myself. Like, dude, how could you not, how could you not appreciate that? How could you of all people like kind of coast and take it for granted? Um, I said, this, that will never happen again. So me being very open with our team, in January at Endeavor Run, just kind of admitting how I had been feeling. Um, and me, ironically, you know, back at my annual sabbatical, um, mm -hmm. all those senses are awakened. The level of appreciation and not taking any anything for granted um, serves for a very, very motivated and engaged coach. Yeah, and I think any of the listeners will also be very motivated and engaged from this conversation. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Is there anything you would like to leave the listeners with before we sign off? Uh, yes. Let's see here. As I mentioned earlier, um, you have greater impact than you realize. We all do. We all do. Uh, Coach Kelly, you have greater impact than you realize. Okay. So don't take, don't coast, you know, easy to say, harder to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's always going to be some level of adversity or negative energy that we may pick up through news stories or things that are happening in our life or others. Um, but keep pressing on and take time for yourself to have that mini sabbatical. Um, take a day or two or a week. Um, open up and share. And realize that um, there are better days ahead. And that we have choices and sometimes it comes with some sacrifice. We just can't will ourselves to feel happier and be healthier. We have to invest and investing in many cases means making time because time is not going to make itself. So the examples I used earlier in our conversation, um, in integrating calendars, putting, if you, if you wanted to get done, put it on a calendar and sacrifice a bit, give up a little bit of time, give up a little bit of sleep, which means maybe going to sleep a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you're investing in yourself, you feel better. You're a little happier. You're a little less snappier. Um, you're a little bit more resilient and present. Um, 
that just helps everybody else that engages with, with, with you. So, and thank you very much, Coach Kelly, for the opportunity to share. It's been an honor and I look forward to continuing the conversation in the future. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you if they would like to connect or follow? Whatever people uh, Let's do. see here. Um, on Instagram via 2LegitFitness, uh, T-O-O Legit Fitness. Um, uh, also, my personal handle, uh, Bertrand Newson, B-E-R-T-R-A-N-D, Newson, N-E-W-S-O-N. And on Facebook at 2LegitFitness. Uh, the same thing via our website, 2LegitFitness.com. Perfect. And I will link all of those in the show notes to make it easy for everyone. Coach B, thank you so much for being here. This was amazing. Pleasure was all mine. And thank you again. Of course. All right. That's a wrap on this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening to this. If you like this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review everything you do for podcasts wherever you listen to them. It helps me out immensely and helps other people find the show and just spread my message. And if you haven't already, connect with me on Instagram or TikTok at Coaching Klutz. You can also find me at my website, coachingklutz.com, if you're looking for my coaching services or any of my running programs. And I will talk to you all next time.